Not quite the Infinity Gauntlet, but pretty goddamn close. This is Nerd Rage, The Great Debates. Coming at you live from our respective homes, this is Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, the Charizard of nerdy debate podcasts, which I think means we're the best. I'm throwing that out there. Uh, I'm your host and moderator, Mark Abrigo, and today we are jumping into the Nerd Rage Gauntlet. Now, for those that don't know, this is a very experimental show format we've been trying to perfect behind the scenes, and we think we've got a handle on it, so now we're bringing it to you now. Uh, if this is your first episode, feel free to check out uh, more at nerdragepodcast.com, and if you like what you hear, consider throwing some money our ways at our Patreon that you can find at Comedio's website, K-O-M-E-D.io. Again, that's K-O-M-E-D.io. Io Now, I'm sure you're sitting there wondering, what the hell is a gauntlet? Well, this was the brainchild of our wonderful engineer and producer, Will Scoville, basically giving um, us uh, the opportunity to kind of switch things up in terms of hosting and debating. And uh, we've come up with a really cool way to kind of get more voices on the show while also... Um, destroying uh, what's left of our friendships during this trying time. Uh, so here's how this is going to work. I will be hosting and essentially coming up with the first debate that our two debaters uh, that I've got with me right now uh, are going to, are going to uh, well, they're going to fight it out basically based on whatever topic I come up with here. And uh, whoever wins that one, or at least no, I don't think it actually depends on the winner. I think we're just going to give it up to the next host who will then come up with another um, topic for the other two to debate. And it's just going to go round robin until we find out um, like who hates the others more. And you'll see what I'm talking about here. So here's what I got. We got two debaters here, Nerd Rage, Comedio All-Stars here. Uh, your first is the co-host of the Mental Health Comedy Hour. She's part of the original K7, as we call it here at Comedio. The very funny, very talented Miss Christy Ono. Hey, Christy. Hello, I am you, here. You are here. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Marky, how are you? Good. And you are the only person in my life who I will, uh, who I'll be cool with calling me Marky. Thank you. Um, no problem. Because my name has two E's at the end. I like to add many E's at the end of everyone's name. Um, so that just makes everyone Marky or Willie or yeah, Stevie. There you ah, go. See, now I've named us all. Speaking of Stevie, you are going to be going up against in this first round of the gauntlet here uh, against El Capitan of Comedio. He's uh, the uh, writer of the Fast Fangs franchise, as well as the how do I put this? He's the guy whose co uh, Halloween costume I look forward to every year. If I'm not mistaken, last year you dressed up as Boba Fett. Um, and I'll, I'll let him explain why it was so cool to see everybody. It is, uh, it's Stephen Koo. Hey, Stephen. Hey, great to, great to be here. And, uh, it was so cool because I don't have anything other than a Boba Fett helmet. So I, so I cut pieces with a marker. I drew on paper and made my own Boba Fett armor. And then instead of Boba Fett's trademark blaster rifle, I used my Dyson vacuum, which is kind of the same shape. Uh, didn't you also look like a Boba tea drink? Oh, yeah, that was for Halloween. Yeah, I, I went as Boba Fett where I made a Boba costume and then I wore a Boba Fett helmet over it. See, this is what I love about you, Stephen. You actually have different Boba Fett costumes and you were confused as to which one I was referring to. 
Oh man, I fucking love it. Well, um, again, it's great to have you two on here. It's it's just us three kicking it here, and you know, hopefully by the end of this, uh, I, I joked about it earlier, but hopefully that th- this experience strengthens our friendship. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, adversity, pressure, it creates diamonds, and I feel like you know the the animosity that we may or may not have towards each other under the surface is finally going to bubble up and we can finally deal with these things and what better way to do it than this gauntlet so here's what's going to happen um we are going to go ahead and uh just uh, you know what i don't even know if we want to do a break will are we doing a break give me a thumbs up or not what are we doing you we're gonna okay you know what we're gonna put our armor on we're gonna get our weapons and we're gonna get into the gauntlet right after the break Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob, and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. And we are back here on Nerd Rage of the Great Debates, where we are debuting the Nerd Rage Gauntlet. If you didn't get the rules earlier, here's what's happening. I'm going to be hosting and moderating a debate of my choice to be debated by one Cristiano and Stephen Koo. Uh, once that debate is done, we are going to throw it over to Cristiano, who will then... Uh, come up with a topic that Stephen and I will debate. And when that's done, Stephen himself, the uh, the host of The Price of Stephen on Twitch TV, will go ahead and uh, moderate a debate between Christy and myself. And uh, hopefully again, by the end of this, our friendships will be much stronger. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, Christy, Stephen, I'm looking at you two right now, and I'm trying to think of something that could, you know, that both of you can kind of uh, feel that you can represent pretty strongly here. So I'm going to go not just with Star Wars and Star Trek, because I know you two are both fans of that. And, you know, respectively, Christy's the big Star Trek person and uh, Stephen's the Star Wars guy. But we're going to go a little deeper. Here's what we're going to debate. We're going to be talking phasers versus lightsabers. Now, you can go ahead and debate... uh, Whatever you want, whether or not they look cooler, whether or that they're more effective, whether or not you can keep one in your pocket. I don't know. That's going to be up to you to interpret. Right. But the way that this is going to happen is we're going to give you two minutes to make your case and then one minute to make a rebuttal. Um, we're going to be hearing some sound effects, though, in a little bit, because when the debate starts, you'll hear this. 
With 10 seconds left, you'll hear this. And when they're done, you will hear this. So let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and start with Christy. Christy, we're going to be talking phasers here. You're going to let us know why uh, phasers are cooler than lightsabers in three, two, and one. Phasers are, I'm just going to say this, and it kills me to say this because I do love Star Wars, but phasers are more likely to be made in real life. Um, you know, you could just blast a little of things like people, people, scientists and medicine are trying to do different things with like shooting lasers into things. And like the big problem with lightsabers is you can't make it just stop at the end, whatever, you know, uh, the great thing about phasers too, is I would say they'd be like Star Trek's equivalent of UN approved, you know, not terribly destructive and cruel <laughs> to humanity. Um, and actually, uh, you know, a pretty reasonable and humane way to be armed. Um, they have many different settings, you know, so you're not just going to have those random uh, friendly fire type of situation. There's going to be like, like, there's a stun. You probably leave the safety off, lay safety on and like put it on stun. And then you're not really hurting anybody, but you can just like zap your friends. Everyone wants to zap their friends. And you can set it to kill if you have to, if you must, you know, violence it's never the answer, but sometimes it's the only response that you have um, in response to other violence. And so you got to kill people. And that's why, and that's why that uh, they also, you know, they get these cool phaser rifles and um, I don't know, it looks like a little TV remote control or like a handheld vacuum cleaner. They're very accessible. Uh, I feel like they're more intuitive and um yeah, lightsabers only have one setting and that's and then it's a giant blade that you can't you can't control unless you have force. Um I was gonna say eligibility because that is the word I use at work most of the time. Um, but it's force capability. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I do, Christy. But uh let's see if Steven could pick up on that. Steven, we're gonna hear from you. And talking about lightsabers and how cool they are compared to phasers in three, two, and one. Mark, you're you're talking not just to someone who is a fan of lightsabers, but someone who is the architect of a homemade twelve-bladed lightsaber. I built it. It's beautiful. It's not functional. But you know, to Christie's point, um, someone on YouTube already did make a functioning lightsaber. It's just a stick that sets everything it touches on fire. It is glorious. Um, your your point about phasers being um, more versatile, it sounds like there's lightsabers have um, lots of range with what you can do and lots of versatility, but they only thankfully have one button. Phasers have lots of buttons. It seems like that's really prone to error, I think. I think it's really easy to be like, whoops, I set it to kill. I didn't know I did that. Well, lightsabers, let me tell you, Consider, if you will, just close your eyes and consider the pinata. What a lovely, beautiful thing the pinata is. And, you know, you do have your eyes closed, but if you open your eyes, have you ever swung out a pinata with your eyes open? You get to see the candy exploding everywhere. With a lightsaber, everything is a pinata. Everything you touch with a lightsaber is a pinata and candy. 
the universe is candy because in the end it's all atoms anyways explodes everywhere we are all atoms and in a way we are all candy are we not and a lightsaber turns everything into a pinata of candy um but you know lightsabers can have versatility qui-gon jinn's lightsaber had three buttons what do those other two buttons do we don't know because the sith killed him um probably because they didn't want us to know so now i have some questions maybe we should consider more about lightsabers and what those two other buttons could be maybe there's a nork attachment that you can add to it maybe lightsabers can uh have a rifle mode too where it's just like a a gun that shoots lightsabers at people. Lightsabers. <laughs> lightsabers. That's my final <laughs> closing argument. Lightsabers. Lightsabers. Period. Thank you very much, Stephen. Let's throw it over back to Christy for a one-minute rebuttal here. Uh, I could see you shaking your head during the entire time Stephen was talking, which I know is a natural reaction for all of us here at Comedio, but I, I'm pretty sure there's something that needs to be said here. So let's hear from you in three, two, and one. I mean, first of all, I have so many questions. Um, what the fuck, man? What are you talking about? Um, second, uh, the lightsaber. I mean, it's just too mysterious, right? It's elitist. It's gatekeeping by this weird religious order that won't let anyone else have them. You know, that's fucked up. I don't like that. Um, you know, instead we have Starfleet, a paramilitary science operation that trains people, <laughs> trains people to use them properly um and they don't have hella buttons they have settings ass everything <laughs> just needs to be tweaked a little bit and i will say like when half of will Riker got stuck in that planet because of a a, a, a thingy accident god I can't, um, i'm just constantly disappointed with my defense of star trek by the way uh because my mind goes blank when i have to do this anyway um, he used his phaser uh, on a fine setting and he carved out this beautiful painting of when he and Deanna Troy were last hanging out. Anyway, you can make art with phasers. Um, also, I think uh, a rifle with a lightsaber on it would just be like this really creepy bayonet and that's not cool. Boom. Hear that, Stephen? Uh, you've got a minute to make a rebuttal. Let's hear from you, sir, in three, two and one. Uh, to address the Transporter point that accident. That's what it was. Sorry. Okay. To to address the point that lightsabers are gatekeeped, that's not true. Uh, Han Solo used a lightsaber in Empire Strikes Back to cut open a tauntaun and save his friend's life. General Grievous was a, a, a total weeb about lightsabers and was just collecting <laughs> those left and right. So lightsabers are for anyone. It's just that a lot of people don't like them. You know, like a katana. But you know, lightsabers are like the giraffe of weaponry. They're just this long, <laughs> beautiful functional very very functional god definitely meant to make that sort of thing you know uh it, it connects to us on a primal level when we see a lightsaber we don't even know that's called a lightsaber we're like ooh, shiny laser set thing on fire stick i want it you know we see a phaser and we're like what does it do whoops someone's in half a rock now i guess or i someone accidentally made a painting i guess <laughs> um, lightsabers are core and they're primal they are 
a key part of us. And we are all atoms and lightsabers are just atoms. And when we see it, we connect and it resonates with us on the on the wavelength because we're all just strings. We're all just strings that are shaking around. Just throw <laughs> random ass strings <laughs> Thank you very much, Stephen. All right. Uh, it's sort of in line with what Christy was saying there. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to be judging this. I hardly ever get to do this, but I've got some thoughts. So uh, de- uh, to determine who wins this, I'm going to say this. Stephen, you went ahead and you talked about the potential that a lightsaber has, which is cool and it's hopeful. But Christy's right. You can't just throw a lot of buzzwords at me and then and about what a lightsaber could be when Christy's over here telling me what a what a phaser is and what it has done. Uh, yeah, it can create art. Yeah, it can get you out of sticky situation. It can stun. It can kill. And it's been approved by you know a paramilitary scientific organization. And who? can you not trust? I mean, or who can you not trust more than a paramilitary scientific organization? Let's be honest. Also, uh, the thing that killed your argument for me, Stephen, and I'll be saying this, is when you were talking about Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber and how cool it could be with these extra settings, you said, what if it's a lightsaber that shoots other lightsabers? In this case, uh, bolts of energy or whatever. And I'm like, that's a fucking phaser, isn't it? That's a phaser. So- uh, I, I I was I'm sorry I, I, that is my fault I didn't mean like little bolts of energy I meant little or lightsaber <laughs> you know the way Marvin the Martian shoots bullets that have explosions inside them well I knew that's what is what he meant and I was very upset about it <laughs> I didn't and that sounds dumber to me so based on that alone I'm going to give this one to Christy Christy phasers over lightsabers all day you deserve it uh, so you will be taking the second round you'll be hosting and moderating this with the topic of your choice and we're going to hear from you uh, as our new host right after this break hello and welcome back to nerd rage this is christy ono i'm hosting now um i don't like hosting but we're gonna do it anyway because i want to show up for my friends and the podcast and every one of you uh so fresh off of a win that's right that's me i won uh, with phasers, hell yeah, uh, finally defended Star Trek in a reasonable way. Um, I am now proposing the topic of dinosaurs. And my dear friend Stephen and my dear friend Mark will debate. And let's start with Stephen. What dinosaur will you be bringing to the table? Well, you know, it's like, what is a dinosaur when we think about it? You know, it's oh like, God. The, no, the science really no. Like an answer for what a dinosaur is. And the answer is no, they don't. You know, it's like, what, what what's a dragon? What's what's that lizard, Please. the Jesus lizard Thanks, that runs Steven. on water? Why don't, I don't want to take away any of your points from your debate. Uh, I'm glad to have it here. I, I picked the brontosaurus. Okay. That's also fine. Um, Mark. Hello. What an exciting time. You normally don't get to debate. Are you excited to talk about dinosaurs? I am very excited to talk about dinosaurs and one dinosaur in particular, uh, not the Brontosaurus, but Labrontosaurus. He's a basketball player. That's not a joke. That's Steve or that's not me joking. That's me trying to be Steve in there. No, I am going (laughs) with the only dinosaur that matters here. A dinosaur that uh, uh, I think says more than what people, you know, gave it credit for. And I'm talking, of course, about Denver, the last dinosaur. 
God, I don't know okay. what that is. <laughs> okay, that? Shut up! You cannot... Come on, man. Is, I is already... this an old person thing? <laughs> I, I hate you. See, are you, you're trying to throw me off my game before we fucking start, Steven. Um, you know, this is a very typical for me where I bring something to nerd rage that I care too much about and am deeply upset already um, about <laughs> what has happened and what is about to happen. So let's just jump right into the debates. Um, and we're going to go ahead and start with Steven. Uh, and you can go ahead and begin your debate in three, two, and one. You ever think about Pluto? You ever think about that that little fella out there, just out in outer space, just just hanging out and wondering if it's a planet or not. That's what happened to the Brontosaurus. The Brontosaurus had merchandise. It had it had a, a, had a, like it was in cartoons. It was all over the place. I think it might have even been in some outdated zoo books. And the science community one day says like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Brontosaurus is not real. We messed up." And this is what happened. This is what happened to how we lost the Brontosaurus and why we need it back. It was, it was, it was, it was, you ever been in, in, like, we've all been there. The last day of dinosaur class and you have to give your presentation and, and, and the the person before you just presented the Utah, the Utah Raptor. And you're like, wait, is that, you're like, oh my God, it's a bigger Raptor than a Velociraptor. It's so big. They named it Utah. And, and, and then the the teacher looks at you and says, what did you bring today? And, and, and right when you got to dinosaur class, you tripped and your, and your bones fell and you thought to yourself, how do I put these bones back together? And you just, you ran out of time. You put the bones back together. You forgot that it was a potosaurus. And you said, it's, it's a brontosaurus named after Bronto, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite friend, Bronto. And, and your teacher, who was just checked out, was like, yeah, yep, that's a real dinosaur, A+. When you have that much history with your personal project, you learn to love it. You're like, yeah, it wasn't real. But the memories I had with that brontosaurus are the memories I created of this brontosaurus, its eating habits, its, its mating habits, how it comes to exist. Those were all from the heart, man. Those are all from the brain and the heart, and those are real. And... And science may tell me that these bones belong to two different dinosaurs. But my heart tells me that that is still real. And that's what matters. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, that's, that's all right. Um, um, uh, again, I'm feeling okay. I don't open up too much about how much I love dinosaurs. Uh Probably for this very reason, but uh, we're going to keep going. I'm really excited to hear Mark debate. Um, <laughs> uh, was it Denver the dinosaur? Denver the last dinosaur. Denver the last dinosaur. How dare I? Okay, go ahead, Mark, in three, two, and one. For all the old ass people out there, <laughs> I'm sure I'm speaking to you here, but for the new folks, let me learn you something. In 1988, there was a, uh, a cartoon called Denver, the Last Dinosaur, where at first glance, the premise is kind of uh, simple and dare I say dumb. A, a bunch of teenagers um, 
in California find a dinosaur egg that hatches and therefore releases the eponymous last dinosaur who they named Denver. And they get into a bunch of, uh, of trouble trying to hide said dinosaur from a bunch of greedy people trying to take advantage of said dinosaur. Now, of course, this lends itself to a lot of you know hijinks and shenanigans, but the real story here is what Denver the Last Dinosaur is actually about. Much in the same way that the X-Men comic book was about civil rights and other marginalized people, I would argue that Denver, whose dinosaur species was never really um, divulged, speaks for all of us marginalized people in the world and how, you know, we do need help from those uh, in power to... Um, you know, to to flourish, because as much as we find ourselves in, you know, in places where, you know, uh, in places of strife, I guess, in, in times that are, are troubling, we do have to reach out to others for help. And sometimes those people um, can take us to rock concerts or teach us how to skateboard and stuff like that. While at the same time, we get to teach them about uh, things pertaining to our culture. It's really a story about how uh, all of us with our differences and cultural, um, our cultural differences, I should say, uh, can get together and show the world that united, we can, we can do good things in this world um, and not be exploited for those differences. Um, Basically, what I'm saying is we're all dinosaurs. Not like the brontosaurus. Uh, wow. Um, I am amazed and know not what to say. Um, okay. Okay. We're, just, we're gonna play it that way. We're gonna play it that way. Okay. We're just gonna um, keep this going. Um, there is a rebuttal, uh, which I am. Fascinating. I'm ready to, to rebut. See what's gonna happen. I'm so ready to rebut. Steven's ready. I'm not gonna stop him. Let's let's get that rebutting uh in, in three, two, and one. To consider what it means to be a dinosaur, we must first answer one question, and that is what does it mean to be human? Humanity. We as a species, it is known that as a species, we would have been destroyed by all the other species. The pandas would have just ripped us to shreds. Koalas would have eaten our faces, all of this, except they didn't. And that's because we are sitting where we are right now because humans learned one thing better than anyone else, cooperation and society and caring for each other, being more than ourselves. Being more than ourselves. You could spend all your life uh, trying to be the best at everything, and you would fail. Um, you can't be the best at everything. But one person can be an amazing baker. One person can be an amazing uh, therapist. One person can be an amazing teacher. And through our connections, we create a better society. And that is what the Brontosaurus is. It's more than one dinosaur. It's the bones of many dinosaurs. It's more than one thing. It is everything. And that is what matters. I mean, you did have me on the hook there. I was wondering where you were going to go with that. But um, I'm really excited to hear what Mark has to say with uh, uh, Denver, the last dinosaur. Mark, please go ahead in three, two, and one. While Stephen makes a great point about how the brontosaurus is made up of a, new, uh, a number of bones out there, um, 
we really have to ask the question here, what are bones? And let's be honest, bones are the building block of a greater community called skeleton. And a skeleton, you know, uh, aided by nerves and muscle, are what makes humans, to answer what Stephen uh, posed, the question he posed earlier. So basically what I'm saying is, what are bones? And um, those bones are, are an allegory for how people should work together. And uh, in, in the case of... Denver, the last dinosaur, here is this dinosaur with no friends, no family um, to speak of, finding kinship with a bunch of children who at first he has nothing in common with, but come to find out that they both love really bad, you know, 90s surf rock, that they, as I mentioned, love skateboarding, and that at the end of the day, um, no matter what differences they have on the outside, we're all just people trying to survive. Well, <laughs> I think we all learned a lot today. Um, thank you, friends, for for participating in this lively uh, discussion, this uh, sharing of ideas and theories about, I guess, social utility, uh, allyship, and Stephen, I guess, academic fraud. Um, <laughs> this has been... Um, well, I'll say this. I think we all lost a little today. <laughs> um, but let's pick the real loser out of all of this. And um, I'm going to say Stephen loses. Um, because... Because I'm sorry, no I, I never I, I know of Denver, the di the last dinosaur. I never watched it, uh, but he has these cool sunglasses. And, and that's really the thing. Mark, you did not do a great job, though. Uh, <laughs> Mark, I was born the same year as Denver, the dinosaur. I would I, I like to believe that I was born through his death and that I am the new Denver, the dinosaur now. <laughs> Oh boy. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um no Mark that was that was a, a you know valiant effort and I and I do want to reward that. I mean, you're a great host, um, but I think it'll stay that way. I'll be the host. Yeah, let's just let's well, let's all just stay in our lanes. I know I didn't host this very well. I cannot hide the shock or disappointment and um <laughs> hearing all of this we'll say new dinosaur information. Anyway, that's it. This has been fun. Uh, I'm going to throw it to the break and we're going to keep going with this gauntlet and Steven as the host when we return. Hello, my name is Steven Koo and you're listening to NPR Nerd Rage. The Great Debates. Today, I'd like to talk about rage. And with me today are two very special guests who are here to talk about the things that make them feel rage and the things that help them suppress that rage that we all come to feel every now and then. First with me today is my guest, Christy Ono. Christy, hello, and welcome to the show. Hi. Are we going to get in trouble for claiming we're my part next of guest NPR? is... Mark Abrigo. Mark Abrigo, a man full of so much rage, and yet he keeps it under a veneer of coolness that no one believes. Mark Abrigo, welcome to Nerd Rage, The Great Debates. What the fuck is going on? Moving on, I'd like to talk about 
our debate today. And today, the debate topic is the best snacks to walk around and eat. Today, I'd like to ask my guests to pick one snack they like to walk around and eat and how they feel and why that is the best snack. Cristiano, my guest, please tell me your favorite snack to eat. I, you have such a weird, God damn it. I knew it. I was going to say, you have such a weird cadence. I feel like I should wait for you to finish. Um, so walking around snack, um, I, I, I've chosen the corn dog, um, arguably a meal, but is it a snack? I'll get into it in my debates. Don't worry about it. The corn dog. Fascinating. In a way, we're all corn dogs. Marco Brigo. God. Tell me what snack you like to walk around and eat. Oh, is that the end of your sentence? While walking. <laughs> I am going to go with churros, my friend. Churros. In a way, we are all churros of life. Cristiano, I'd like you to go first with this debate. And when you hear the ring, please begin your argument about corn dogs in three Two, one. Hey, I'm feeling really weird about this, first of all. Like, I hope Steven's okay. This is highly unusual. Um, but I am here to talk about corn dogs, and I it is a it is a food stuff that I am very excited about. I, I love corn dogs. Um it's a, a savory treat. Um, I, I personally lean towards a savory treat. So like dessert has its place. And I feel like, you know, that's not all the time. It's an only an occasional thing. We got to have hearty, uh, proteiny, ready uh, type of foods on a regular basis to ground us. Um, we'll all say literally and figuratively into our lives and into the planet. Uh has a stick it's made for walking around it's made to be enjoyed on the go um and i mean it's self-contained in that sense too it's like it's not a hot dog you don't have like this open face sandwich of a of a of a sausage doggy uh instead you have it um very carefully and lovingly breaded and deep fried I mean, those are all the great things of like carnival snacks, uh, summertime snacks. If you're in the amusement park, you could just, you know, walk to your next ride, wait in line, snack on that corn doggy. They're delicious. It could be as fancy or as basic as you want. You could put some fancy sausages in there. There was this great place. I think it's a, a food truck now called Batter Up where you can put three different types of sausages onto a stick, batter it, and then you have a three different meated corn dog. It's so good. I love it so much. We should go sometime. Um, yeah, you know, I love I love churros. There's nothing wrong with churros. I just can't have it all the time, you know? It's too powdery. The sugar gets everywhere. You don't need that. No one needs that. It's a mess. It's a mess. Powerful words from a powerful speaker. Thank you for your time, Cristiano. Mark Abrigo. You're up next, and you're here to enlighten our audience about why churros are the best snack to eat while walking. The timer will start in three, two, one. So churros, or for 
folks who don't speak Spanish, churros. <laughs> are uh, our, our for our people with sophisticated taste. If you've ever seen one of these run-of-the-mill donuts, you know, and had one, go, ah, that's pretty good. You know what would be better than that, though? A donut that was straightened out, ridged, and topped with even more sugar and cinnamon, okay? Um, I know that Chrissy just made the point, like, you don't need all that powder on there. You don't need all that sugar and cinnamon. You're right, Christy. I don't need it, but I want it, you know? And the there's no feeling in the world comparable to a, a hot, fresh churro uh, that basically melts in your mouth. It's the perfect uh, combination of, of like a slight crisp with just this... this um, the fried dough that just melts in your mouth as soon as you, you know, you, you bite in. Um, it's, uh, it's the best way to spend $8 at Disneyland, you know, um, it's, um, it's cultural. So you'll never, ever get to feel as if, you know, you're not contributing to La Raza, uh, despite the fact that it's actually Spanish and Portuguese treat. Uh, it's actually been taken um, and also uh, been modified in the Philippines as well. So I feel a cultural sort of connection to it. So really, if you don't like churros, you're basically saying you don't like brown people. And I won't stand for that. You know, um, I feel like corn dogs are the food of white people who are trying to be ethnic because they're just pink on the inside, but like trying to be brown on the outside and to various degrees, and it doesn't work all the time. I think there's something to be said there. Something what? to be said there. Powerful words from a powerful speaker. Up next, I've got a powerful speaker, Christy Ono, with a rebuttal about why corn dogs are better than churros. Your time begins in three, two, one. I mean, I just want to be, again, I guess the only one who's addressing how fucking bizarre this is. Um, but here we go. Uh, I don't know what Mark was talking about <laughs> as far as um, corn dogs being white um, and churros. I, I mean, uh, again, I like churros. It's and I don't know what is happening right now. Uh, I mean, I just don't like getting sugar all over my hands. It's like stripper glitter. It's just there all the time and you can never get rid of it. You never know where it is. And like, honestly, I don't want to get caught by, by people who know that I shouldn't be having sugary sweets because, you know, might be pre-diabetic. I don't know. It's been a weird quarantine. I've, I've got no other joy but food. <laughs> Um, now I'm running out of time. Listen, corn dogs are maybe American, which is based in racism and genocide, but, um, they're still delicious. Based in racism and genocide, but still delicious. Powerful words. I don't, really I don't even know what I said anymore. Our next speaker, Marco Brigo, has some thoughts about our world and churros. Your rebuttal begins in three, two, one. Historically, uh, and I've got the sources here, historically, 
corn dogs have been the sustenance of the oppressor. Um, in Nazi oh. Germany, they were referred to as Wurstin im Schlafrock. Um, in, oh. in for Vikings, they were known as corn dogs. Um, and you know, let's let's not let's not eat the colonizers' food. You know, um, again, feel free to check my sources; they're out there on the internet. Um, but churros, churros, this is a food that everyone can enjoy. Uh, you don't have to kill a bunch of trees to make sticks. Instead, you kill a bunch of trees to make paper to wrap them in. Oh, I should have left that one out. Uh, let's be honest, everybody. Churros are a food that um, you can eat like 10 of them in a row and never feel bad about yourself or the decisions you've made. But if someone were to eat 10 corn dogs, that's someone who I wouldn't trust. And let's let's talk about what is trust. That's another debate for another time. Another debate for another time. Powerful, powerful words from Marco Brigo. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Stephen Koo. This is Nerd Rage of the Great Debates. And we just had a very, very compelling argument from two incredible experts on the topic of corn dogs versus churros. It is with great regret that I must be the arbiter of this decision, of which is more powerful. I wish I could leave it to the readers, but unfortunately, our readers and our listeners are not here. So I'll have to decide. And it's, it's, it, I, I don't know, the churros, I just kind of want to save that clip of Mark in this like silhouette saying, there's sources on the internet, you can check them. <laughs> 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 I want to save that as a Marco Brigo quote. But no, I'm, I'm going with churros. Hey, all right. And, I even had to look up. <laughs> Oh wait! Like, did you make up those sources? Did you did you bamboozle us again? <laughs> well, I mean, I did look up corn dogs in German, and it's actually a Maischunde. But uh, I, the closest thing, since we don't have corn dogs in Germany, so I think Maischunde might refer to dogs made of corn. Uh, the closest thing I found to corn dogs in Germany are pigs in a blanket, and that's where Wurstin uh, in Schlafrock came from. So oh, um, I'm not saying I made it to up. say that. I thought it was a little weird to suggest that Vikings created corn dogs when they, how do they have deep fryers? But whatever. <laughs> they could they could just heat up oil, man. Yeah. Christy, any thoughts? I mean, upon the invitation to check his sources, I did Google corn dog history. And they were from German immigrants who moved to Texas. So not Maybe. entirely inaccurate. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is that I'm not totally wrong. <laughs> Hey, a broken clock is right two <laughs> times a day, right? Hey, you know uh, what? Listen. I'll take it. <laughs> All I right, mean, well, I, that's I, the end of... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I just like corn dogs. They're good. It's a good way to eat a hot dog. <laughs> oh, no, I fucking love corn dogs, too. I'm sorry that yeah. I had to go on such an, an, an This office. is hard. This is yeah, hard no. debate. I'm usually team corn dog, but... Uh, but I, I don't know. It's, you, st you start making me think like after you eat, what do you do with the steak? Whereas with a churro, you can destroy most of the evidence like fairly, fairly easily. You have the little wrapper. There's always yeah, just but... one piece of garbage that you just throw in a garbage can. <laughs> I feel like a wrapper you can keep in your pocket. Uh, a stick is uh, is like asking to be killed somehow if you keep a stick in your pocket. There's just yeah, no safe. Well, you can keep a stick in your pocket. Sorry, go I'm ahead. watching Will on Zoom right now, and this is the most passionate I've ever seen. <laughs> He's shaking his head with reckless <laughs> abandon. Um, Will, this is our first Gauntlet episode. What did what did you think, man? 
thumbs up from from Will Maestro over here. Um, should we just wrap it up here? Is that how this is going to go? All right. So everybody out there in Nerd Rage land, you just heard our first gauntlet episode. If you like what you heard, feel free to Nerd Rage Podcast or to head over to NerdRagePodcast.com for more episodes. We, If you like what you heard today, at least, we could definitely do more gauntlets. Um, I love it where uh, in three separate debates, we can say that Steven's still lost because I don't think he won a single one. <laughs> I, I briefly considered making both of you lose for, for not choosing me, but I decided not to be petty. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, anything, anything you want to plug Christy, Steven. Um, I mean, follow mental health comedy hour. We're going to have some cool, big shows coming up this year. So, uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, take care of your mental health. Thanks. Uh, yeah, you can find me on twitch.tv on the super trash bros channel. I have a game show called the prices, Steven, which is a game show by me, Stephen Koo, about Stephen Koo. Come see all the wacky prizes people win. They're all themed after me. Right. Um, and again, I mentioned it before, nerdragepodcast.com. Feel free to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Head over to our social media at Rage. Uh, sorry, at NerdRage, TGD. Uh, and um, if you want to give us some money, head over to our Patreon at K-O-M-E-D dot I-O. I am your host, Mark Abrigo, taking his role and staying in his lane, as Christy pointed out <laughs> earlier. And on behalf of myself and Will Scoville, our wonderful producer and engineer, we just want to say thank you, and we will see you next time here on NerdRage, The Great Debates. Debates.